नमस्ते एंड शुभ होली टू वन एंड ऑल वेलकम टू आर करंट अफेयर्स शो विद मी पूजिता कृष्णा to discuss and analyze some of the key happenings that have been hap- that have been in the news lately i have with me sanjay dikshit ji of the jaipur dialogues he needs no introduction he's a popular youtube personality a strong voice in the field of dharmic discourse and i'm very happy to have him on our show again namaste sanjay ji and belated uh, holy wishes namaste namaste and shubh holi to everybody namaste So Sanjay ji, you have uh, we I I keep watching your shows too, and uh, I get a lot of lot of insights from your shows because you uh, are in a unique position of you have you are you you are an IAS, and I'm sure you still have a lot of inside insider uh, information that a lot of people like us who are outside of it don't know, uh, you know, from the ecosystem. So um, so therefore, it's you know good to have your analysis on a lot of lot of things that are happening right now. So. i without further ado i want to jump right away to manish sodia and uh, do you think he's going to sing like a canary as they say right is he is he going to let the dogs out so to speak <laughs> <laughs> frankly we don't know okay. but then that's what the speculations are because you know people they put two and two together then they look at the general character of arvind kejriwal how he is known to stab everybody in the back especially the closer a person is uh, the harder he gets stabbed so that's been his character all through so looking at that it's not beyond the realm of possibility but then mm. it is also largely in the realm of speculation so let it put it this way right but but um uh, things seem to be you know getting worse and worse with him in 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 manish's manish sotia's case because now it's not just the cbi but it's also the ed and they say the ed is far more uh, um you know uh, their their claws are far more uh, difficult to get out of uh, because they have far more powers than than the cbi i'm told uh, so um so and also then for, we also know that he was you know there were the, these alleged uh, allegations against him in the education uh, there was an education scam also so um my question is that will arvin K, will this all this you know lead ultimately to arvin kejriwal at some point because so much is already known about this man um everybody speaks of how he was in the india against corruption and how he rode on the back of uh, anna hazare ji and then made so many tall claims uh said so many things about so many people in terms of on on account of corruption and his hands are terribly dirty but how is it that he's not been indicted or he's not been called out or why so much silence on this man okay i think there are two or three parts to this question so the yes. first one is how Arvind Kejriwal doesn't get any dirt sticking on him and the second part is uh, what exactly is going to be the position of Manish Sodia and the third part is of course the rise and rise of uh, Arvind Kejriwal since Correct. the time of uh, India against corruption Correct So as far as that part is concerned the India against corruption part is concerned I think it's there for everybody to see and as I said right in the beginning how he Uh, kept riding on others shoulders and after that uh, the same thing that uh, you use the ladder and after that you kick the ladder down so that nobody else can climb up and also uh, the people who have uh, climbed up with you you shove them down as well uh, so that in the end you're the only one sitting on the throne at the top so that's been his character so if you look at those india against corruption those photographs and you see the people who were there who were the prominent people manish sodia was one but uh, even more prominent than arvind kejriwal was kiran bedi kiran bedi exactly. you remember yeah. and then there was kumar vishwas who, who was a big draw for the uh, crowd that used to gather there and uh, there were of course uh, the, the ubiquitous uh, Prashant Bhushan and Yogendra Yadav. Yes, yes. And there were a host of others, and all of them have disappeared. Manish Sodia was the last of them. I don't say that he has disappeared, but definitely he is now incarcerated. Incarcerated. He is uh, he is no longer out in the open. So that is one part. So that kind of uh, <clears throat> buttresses our argument as to the 
character, the uh, deceptive, mendacious character of Arvind Kejriwal. And uh, I think maybe he thinks that uh, uh, if he has to beat Rahul Gandhi to the position of the challenger, then uh, he has to lie more and uh, lie more convincingly than Rahul Gandhi does. Of course, Rahul Gandhi doesn't convince anyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Kejriwal at least has the credit of having deceived two states or rather one, uh, one elections exactly one union territory and one state just completely deceived them and so he has these qualities so he plays on the deception and dissimulation model so uh, that way he can be called quite successful actually yeah, that's exactly what surprises me. How was he successful? How are people voting? Yeah, yeah, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Let me go to the part three. Mm-hmm. Let, let me go to the part three about Manish Sisodia and the cases confronting Manish Sisodia. Manish Sisodia. Uh, actually, there are, right now, he is confronted with four cases. And three of them are with the CBI and one with the, with the ED. Mm-hmm. And you're right when you say that ED has greater powers because uh, uh, CBI works is, is very strictly within the ambits of uh, the uh, IPC and the CRPC. But then uh, under PMLA, the Prevention of Money Laundering Act, which is supposed to be the exclusive domain of Enforcement Directorate, they have lot greater powers and not only they have their lot greater powers those powers have also been validated recently by the supreme court mm-hmm. so uh, they are in a very happy situation of uh, doing pretty much as they please mm-hmm. uh, well it can be a double-edged sword for anybody who's uh, using that but then that's how it is at this point and all advantage to the uh, ruling party and as far as that is concerned. Now, you must also know that the Enforcement Directorate actually comes under the Finance Ministry. The CBI is supposedly independent, though it does come technically under the Department of Personnel and Training and thereby under directly under the PMO. But then uh, the CBI director is appointed through a very, very uh, transparent and uh, neutral process. So it is de jure, I'm not saying de facto, but de jure it is considered to be neutral. Enforcement director is directly under the finance ministry. So they are on a different footing. And now there are four cases. The one is this excise scam as Maroj, uh, on Manish Sisodia. The other one, which I think is a lesser one, is uh, the school scam. School, yes. Where certain constructions have been done in all the schools and they are under a cloud. Then the third one is this ED case, this Prevention of Money Laundering Act, PMLA. And that case and that pertains to transfer of unauthorized transfer of 100 crores to the South Cartel. And there is another one and that is the feedback unit. That case has also been referred to the CBI. Now that feedback unit was actually a unit that was created after the Aadmi Party lost control of the ACB because ACB police function and that police function was invested exclusively with the central government and uh, to, to the MHA and to the lieutenant governor. 
and uh, they lost control on that after the Supreme Court judgments and all. So they created this feedback unit mm-hmm. under the vigilance setup, and this feedback unit has been found to be actually doing unauthorized espionage. Oh my God! Within Delhi, that's what the charges are, and that also with the CBI. And uh, once that comes to fruition, then your initial question. Mm-hmm. about Kejriwal mm-hmm. how Kejriwal manages to stay apart I think that also might get addressed okay. and within this you also asked how Kejriwal manages to stay aloof yes. from all this is because he doesn't sign any files 16 portfolios with this guy Manish Sisodia and he doesn't have any <laughs> he doesn't keep any portfolio <laughs> he, Officially, he doesn't sign anything. All he does is whatever he has to do, he does it in a cabinet meeting because he presides over the cabinet meeting. But technically, he can't really get away from many things because the transaction of business rules provide that any cabinet note that goes to the cabinet meeting has to be first vetted by the chief minister. It is only with the permission of the chief minister that a cabinet note can be put up to the cabinet. And of course, if any cabinet decision is taken, the chief minister is presiding over there. So it is only through that route that chief minister will ultimately come to grief. That is one. And the second is, of course, if somebody sings, Somebody sings, right. whether like a canary or like a cuckoo or whatever. <laughs> then, only, 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 then also Kejriwal can actually uh, come into the Correct. net. Otherwise, he's fairly safe. Mm-hmm. Imagine the new lieutenant governor had to give him an instruction that any file that you send to governor... Mr. Kejriwal, you have to sign it personally. <laughs> exactly. And it's quite amazing because I spent 35 years in these services and I cannot think of any file going to the governor from the chief minister without his signature. signature. <laughs> and uh, I have seen, except in you know, certain cases where uh, some people... Vasundra Rajay had devised this in Rajasthan mm-hmm. where uh, if you sent her a file for signatures for her approval according to the business rules and uh, it would come back saying the chief minister has seen the file you know, whatever that means chief minister has seen the file means nothing and uh, it was supposed to convey her approval mm-hmm. But then uh, it was so vaguely worded that if anything went wrong, she doesn't have. Then she she is absolutely free. That uh, she would say that what have uh, what has been written. Mm-hmm. Firstly, it has been written by my secretary, secretary. This, the, my private secretary or the uh, the CMO setup, the chief minister's office setup. So. Mm, it doesn't bear my signature. Mm. So how do we know whether she has actually seen it or not? She can always turn around and say that I, I haven't seen it. And whatever has been written, that responsibility falls on the guy who's, uh, who said this. So Chief Minister seen this. Then they also created uh, 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 another intra-CMO notings. Okay. Now this intra-CMO notings are very interesting is that... Uh, a file goes to the chief minister's office. Mm-hmm. Then this procedure is followed in the finance department, at least in Rajasthan. I don't know about uh, uh, Delhi and the uh, ministries because I haven't worked in Delhi ministry. So that I'm not very familiar with. So over here, the finance department used to have this internal file system. So she developed this internal file, file system where the extracts would be taken. Mm. the file that has come to the chief minister's office then there would be internal notings and on the basis of that uh, something would be said and these internal notings would be destroyed in later on mm-hmm. 
so all this is done and this has been perfected by kejriwal to the extent that he even started sending files to the governor lieutenant governor without signature. without his signature <laughs> chief minister ji ne mukhyamantri mahoday ne dekh liya hai that, that that doesn't work with the lieutenant governor correct it may work with a minister or it may work with a lower down official uh, a secretary who has been told informally that if it comes to you ki mukhyamantri mahoday ne dekh liya hai that means it bears his approval hmm. and then the mukhyamantri can very conveniently shift the blame on the person in question if there is any trouble correct this is the this is now being done by quite a few chief ministers hmm. i am told that there are very few who still put their signatures on the file that's very unfortunate because that is actually shirking responsibility right right but uh, i haven't seen that i saw that for the first time with uh, vasundhara raje uh, i believe the present chief minister has again reversed that trend mm-hmm. but then it's it's uh, very disturbing and right. i think <laughs> it's actually uh, the central government should make it absolutely clear bring in a law on mm. under the <clears throat> articles that govern the government business uh, to make it absolutely clear that the uh, whatever is being approved by the chief minister his signatures must be there so this is the artifice that kejriwal uses mm. which explains why he's scot free and all his minions are in jail <laughs> <laughs> now minions have to sing in order in order that kejriwal lands yeah. in jail but apparently he posted something on twitter with the the family you know outside the the home residence of manish sodia saying that i'll take care of your family so people are like <laughs> interpreted in many different ways i mean god knows what it means uh, but i really hope for the safety of the family um sanjay ji uh, moving on to uh, punjab again a very very worrying situation and uh, in the news for a while now and uh, while there are people who say that oh no 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 majority of the sikhs don't want khalistan or that is just a few outliers or a few you know bad elements etc it is it seems to be a pretty bad especially what happened in ajnala and uh, recently well i mean nothing to do with this i'm hoping but there was a boy young kid from canada who died in the recent celebration so i don't know if they're connected in any way but uh, he was killed right yesterday in the holy hola mohalla something like that uh, yeah basically holy, uh, holy celebration yes Uh, but uh, coming to amritpal in particular this uh, this uh, uh, mysterious figure who suddenly seems to have been airdropped into this in the middle of this entire scenario and seems like he's like now the poster boy for khalistan in india uh, what can you tell us about uh, the situation sandeep well i know as much as everybody else does that this guy was working in dubai as a transporter and suddenly somebody saw a vacancy mm. when deep sudhu died yes and uh, kind of uh, transported him transported the transporter <laughs> into that vacant space without uh, <laughs> any kind of uh, approval from the original members or even the family members and he has kind of hijacked that organization mm. and uh, there has been i would say that uh, incompetence all around mm. is as far as uh, this khalistan business is concerned it is uh, a separatist idea and this separatist idea has been around for over 100 years and sgpc is the vehicle for this uh, idea of separatism a separate sikh identity that sikhs are not hindus all these ideas are basically chaperoned and promoted by the sgpc because sgpc itself is a byproduct of british intervention into sikhi i think we have talked about it a number of times so how a guy called macolif was inserted into sikhism and became what i call the 12th guru <laughs> now we have 
the 10 gurus yes. and we have the Guru Granth Sahib. Yes. And suddenly this 12th guru appears and SGPC is the torch bearer of that 12th guru and that is why I call it completely illegitimate. Mm. Unfortunately, the Indian polity hasn't had the courage to look SGPC square in the face and tell them that you're illegitimate. And because they're not able to tell that, then these uh, illegitimates have been cornering the institutions, especially in Punjab, and they have been cornering the narrative. BJP was also very happy to go along with them to the extent that they actually did an amendment in the SGPC Act in 2016, something that uh, the Manmohan Singh government did not allow. The pressure on them was there right since uh, Manmohan Singh became Prime Minister, but they did not allow that. And they again, to pander to SGPC and to consolidate their hold on the Gurdwaras in Punjab, they allowed that amendment in the SGPC Act and they took out the Sahajdharis, mm -hmm. that is non-Keshdharis, from the Collegium. Oh. So, of course, we know the links of uh, Ahmadmi Party with Khalistan. They have been their funders. So they this is this is payback time. So theirs can be understood, but I am totally unable to understand the lack of civilizational knowledge of the BJP RSS. Correct. And even as uh, the law and order is concerned, even there we heard the chief of the BJP talking that, okay, if the state government asks us, then we will go in or something like that. But that, that's not the scheme of the constitution. The constitution clearly stipulates in Article 355, it says that it is the duty of the central government to protect the state against armed external aggression and internal dis disturbance, both. So when are they going to come to a conclusion that this is an internal disturbance? The way the law and order has collapsed, Punjab is staring at a situation where internally, actually they are internally disturbed. The AFSPA has been promulgated in many parts of India for much less. Correct. And here is a, your key border state, mm. which has been completely subverted through drugs, through weapons, through... Christianization. Through separatist music. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That separatist music is quite rife in Punjab. And if you look at this Sidhu Musewala murder and all that, Sidhu Musewala is quite in the forefront of those correct, correct, correct. rousing pro-Khalistani kind of music. So all this has been going on. The narrative is being built. Ultimately, I agree completely with the people who say that most of these Sikhs do not favor Khalistan is because they have seen the mayhem that happened. Majority of the people who were killed during those Khalistan turbulent years were the Sikhs. In fact, they would be the first one even today. Those who disagree with this narrative would be the target, they would be the first target even today. But then the center says that no, it's a law and order problem. It's not law and order problem. It's, yes. it's an existential problem and it has to be tackled not just at the problem point of law and order. It has to be tackled at the level of narrative. But as far as narrative is concerned, I think the record of this uh, present BJP government everywhere, whether abroad or within India or X place or Y place has been quite pathetic. So I don't have much hope from them because uh, internally they are not capable of uh, taking on uh, this narrative building, narrative countering exercises. And uh, they won't even help the uh, independent people who actually do a fine job of it. So both ways it's lose-lose. It's not a win-win situation.
that's a lose lose situation tragic because uh, like you pointed out punjab is a <clears throat> i mean it's it's a it's a key it's very important i mean that is most uh, i think you lose punjab you make india vulnerable right so it's like uh, which is why probably it's been at the forefront of so many uh, attacks it's always been at the you know receiving end uh, and i think for particularly worrying is also i think the, the quick you know and rapid christianization um, of that of that entire region so i feel maybe do you think all yes it's it's again due to sgpc again the sgpc is doing because sgpc is basically uh, it's no longer an inclusive organization which represents all six and very deeply discriminatory caste practices abound sgpc has been hijacked by one community the jats jats okay and they make fun of everybody and if a particular section uh, goes over to christianity they are happy they are okay with that <laughs> they are perfectly happy oh boy they are perfectly happy that okay now the the jats get to control even more mm. so they throw out sahajdaris they call uh, nirankari as heretics they call namdari as heretics everybody except at the time of election when everybody becomes six <laughs> at the time of election everybody they will count six as okay 56% or six or 57% of mm. punjab is six but uh, as soon as the elections are over out of that 57 they about 30% they take out and say okay okay now only uh, 25% jats are the only six hope mm. the government has to yes rain central it. government this is job of the central government to to tackle this uh, narrative head on mm. after all uh, somebody like puneet sani sitting in new york alone can rattle them so much <laughs> the government decides to do it then the, they can nip this whole business in the bud i think many many a time they the normal sikh farmer especially in the rural areas who is the main target of all these subversive activities is a, a very good person mm. but then if you keep bombarding him day in and day out then uh, where is this going to lead to look at pakistan what has happened there or, or look at the kashmir valley what you see there is the result of a sustained indoctrination of 50 60 70 years correct so you have to intervene you can't just sit that and say ke okay, um, internet problem state government bolegi tab hum sahayata karenge karenge correct that's ridiculous ridiculous and then it's not helping that you have people like uh, coming to segueing into rahul gandhi uh, recently in his much touted address in cambridge every time he just rushes off to a foreign university you know last time i think last election that was in harvard he sat or was it berkeley i don't remember where he sat and he you know skewed absolute nonsense and now it's cambridge uh, where uh, apparently he pointed to a random sikh gentleman in the audience and he says you know you are treated like a second modi treats you like a second class citizen in the country uh, he actually said that so coming to rahul gandhi especially uh, this man it's he is no longer a, just a papu that's my personal opinion i think we tend to underestimate his i mean he's definitely stupid uh, but it's <laughs> <laughs> stupid is not a dangerous kind i like the sound of certainty in your assertion <laughs> because i mean one can't draw any other conclusion from uh, watching all his you know pearls of wisdom that have come out from his mouth over the years is just he is stupid there's no doubt about it but he is also dangerous this i think people probably don't realize because they so you know in such a rush to dismiss him uh, which is very obvious in what he's doing in cambridge right now so sanjay ji what what are your thoughts uh, on this man i think uh, more than dangerous he's desperate i think uh, for some reason he thinks that uh, 
24 is make or break for him because in any case he is uh, losing his relevance very rapidly i think we saw that desperation even with george soros mm. and uh, they keep became becoming desperate because uh, month after month every six months most reliable approval ratings they still show <laughs> narendra modi some 60 65 basis points ahead of rahul gandhi so they know that this guy has no chance mm-hmm. and probably he himself uh, believes so because uh, Uh, these are uh, ratings coming from abroad so uh, because he, he loves everything that comes from abroad so he, that must be worrying him really quite a lot so what do they do look at their methods you say he is dangerous now look at just let's just like uh, let's look at uh, what he has done in the uk where does he go in the cambridge फॉर even literature nobody knows cambridge for this jbs what is this jbs so he goes to this jbs and spouts some nonsense uh, the pro vc is a pakistani who introduces him mm. and uh, he has absolutely no compunction in getting introduced by such a person he is not really worried that people would probably uh, find some connection of that guy kamal munir with the isi mm-hmm. so when you have a person who is not worried about uh, these uh, signals that go across uh, i would call him a fool actually mm-hmm. why i call him a fool because uh, politics is all about signals signals correct the kind of signals that you send are very very important and what are the kind of signals that you are sending when you go and sit with such people then he goes to the some committee room in the british parliament house and then again says something about parliament i am not allowed to speak now who is he addressing is he addressing a foreign audience okay let's say that okay he is he is addressing the uh funders of congress or the uh, the left liberal gang uh, who would probably um, try and create some kind of narrative war and you know very well that this narrative war that is being unleashed from the west it doesn't affect anybody how many people read new york times or washington times in india in fact how many people read the english press how many people watch the english news channels you can pick up any bark rating example and see that the consumption of english news in the overall scenario of the country is about 1 oblique 500 within the hindi landscape it is about 1 oblique 200 so that being the case it uh, in fact it doesn't even stir the surface as far as the public in india is concerned except that uh, they get alarmed that uh, here is a guy who is going abroad and bad mouthing people and telling britain and us to intervene correct <laughs> the gall mrs indira gandhi's favorite election pitch always used to be the foreign hand foreign hand correct <laughs> that's because she understood the pulse of the indian people they hate nothing more than, than foreign hand foreign hand 
and here is a guy an aspiring leader in his own right first of all right now is aspiring to be the unanimous leader of the opposition in fact uh, i have this theory that he is doing all this basically to tell the other opposition leaders say look i am accepted in the west you all are also getting help from the west so therefore because the west recognizes me so you all recognize me as the challenger to modi oh that is that is my theory mm-hmm. that is my theory because of course it doesn't because all this uh, doesn't affect the uh, indian public one bit mm-hmm. nobody is bothered except uh, that minuscule 0.000001% left liberal class correct correct and most of them don't go to vote anyway <laughs> so he is not impressing them mm-hmm. he is trying to impress the opposition leaders he is trying to tell kcr look kcr look stalin <laughs> look mamata banerjee all you people you are beholden to the west for the support the narrative support that you get so because they are supporting me you you accept me as the undisputed challenger to modi that's 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 that's, that's my theory purely okay okay <laughs> completely uh, subject to rebuttal <laughs> well i mean i guess but uh, i i think if you look at a few more things that he does goes to chetham house hmm chetham rss rss fascist hmm. and plant somebody that malini mehra was planted there hmm. oh yes hmm actually he say that my father was an rss man and then i dug out an article yesterday from the guardian and uh, that was 11th may 2003 where it says that uh, this uh, madhav mehra or madholal mehra the father traces traces history right from 1990 where he claims he was a government official so when did he join the rss, RSS. from 1990 he supposed to be abroad hmm so when was he in the rss that is one secondly this malini mehra herself it is quoted in the guardian i did a show yesterday i i quoted that i read it out she herself says that this guy indulges in misrepresentation about her father and he cannot be relied upon about her father about her father the same 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 father who, who she is now calling an rss man so i am saying i mean come on just imagine the incompetence the sheer incompetence you can't even plant somebody correct somebody correctly <laughs> right and even if it is a staged show but damn it stage it properly correct correct <laughs> i mean imagine how gosh this whole thing is how incompetent it's like uh, i think last year i was it a few months during gujarat elections uh, this auto wala this fellow aam aadmi party had this guy posted in remember the uh, 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 those episodes uh, sanjay ji he was asking him all these questions in uh, in gujarat during the rallies the same guy appears in different places i think somebody on twitter uh, unveiled him and said that this guy is seen here 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 everywhere and uh, clearly he was um, uh he was uh, you know foisted there or put there or installed there in all these particular so how the, the like you said these people for hire are available everywhere correct i'll correct. give you a, 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 a good tip actually you go outside say the congress office or uh, in jaipur okay so the congress office various protest would be taking place you know sometimes some party might come there somebody some other organization might come 70% of the people protesting in all these would be the same <laughs> they probably wear different uh, yes. dresses yes, yes. Okay, carry different <laughs> placards where in fact they don't change dresses they change topis <laughs> right white so, this is also now quite a uh, quite a professional exercise 
True, true. Uh, same, same thing. If you go to, uh, when BJP is in power in front of BJP office, same thing happens. Mm. Quite a joke, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it's and it's. I mean, it's really sad because there's so much misinformation, so much obfuscation of facts, and people tend to get misled by all these things, right? I mean, it's so easy to be misled by what you watch. Uh, Nobody gets misled by these antics these days. Hmm. Public is quite smart. Smart. <laughs> Especially in this social media era, in fact. Yeah, these professional guys, hmm. they started thinking what to do. Now they are trying to uh, create um, social media accounts <laughs> instead of going and doing uh, public protest. So, uh, Sanjayji, finally, to wrap up, just a quick word about the Northeast elections, uh, which just um, concluded. And of course, BJB had around, uh, you know, had a wonderful, uh, you know, result. Um, my question is that these are states like Meghalaya and, uh, you know, Meghalaya and Mizoram. These are predominantly Christian dominated uh, states. Of course, BJP was an ally, uh, didn't win uh, majority. But uh, the point is that uh, how is it that Congress, uh, which is al has always been seen as more of a, you know, like close to Christian, uh, the Christian constituencies or the Christian, you know, uh, voters, how is it that Congress had such a beating in these states? Uh, first of all, not all of them are Christian dominated. Tripura is uh, yeah. Tripura uh, isn't hardly has any Christians. Tripura is uh, <clears throat> very strongly Hindu majority. Even the tribes there, the the Tipra Mota, the uh, Dev Burman, the the king, the Dev Burman. Ah, Dev Burman from Tripura. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The, the Dev Burmans are from Tripura. Tripura, yeah. They are very staunchly Hindu. Yes very staunchly Hindu tribe, very staunch Hindu tribe. So Tripura, th that question doesn't arise at all. And Tripura, I think Congress has been on the margin for, as I think at least 35 years or so. It was relevant only before the left came. The left was there for about 25 years. And now uh, five years, now another five years, this uh, BJP is going to be there. So. Uh, Tripura, you can forget. Uh, now let's go to Meghalaya and Nagaland. Nagaland, yes. So Meghalaya and Nagaland, what has happened is that for the first time, you see, everything doesn't work. And this also shows that everything doesn't work according to religion. So these are basically tribes, okay? They are... Uh, if you go to Meghalaya, I have uh, worked as an election observer in Meghalaya. So the primary identity there is the tribe. That's the primary identity. Even within Meghalaya, the Garo, Jaintia, and Khasi identities, uh, they are very strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, the church also tries to uh, get around this, you know, and tries, tries to benefit from uh, this identity because even today, these are matriarchal societies. Mm. These are purely matriarchal societies. Yes. My liaison officer, mm. who happened to be from Himachal Pradesh, I was posted in Tura, which is the, uh, there used to be, uh, there was a time when there used to be one Garo Hill District. Mm. Now it is divided into several Garo Hill Districts. Mm. So there is a West Garo Hill, there is an East Garo Hill, there is a South mm. Garo Hill. Number of them, I think four or five of Garo Hill Districts. Okay. So the uh, my liaison officer who happened to be from Himachal Pradesh, she uh, married a local Garo lady and uh, his daughters carried the surname of the mother. Mother, wow. <laughs> okay, and within the communities, you know, like uh, Sangma. Now, Sangma is not one surname, you know. Sangma is uh, divided into uh, three. One is A Sangma, the other is K Sangma, and the third is some other Sangma. 
Now, if you remember Purno Sangma, daughter is Agatha Sangma. Now, Purno Sangma is a K Sangma. Oh, these are divisions within the. Within, within the nun, he is married to a lady from the A Sangma. So, Agatha, his daughter, or Conrad, hmm. his son, they are both A Sangmas. They are not K Sangmas. They are not K. <laughs> so, so the, in that sense, this is totally anti Christian. Hmm. Completely anti Christian. Because in the Christian, especially the Protestants, I think the Presbyterian Church is the main church over there. And uh, I think Nagaland, probably the Baptists dominate. Uh, so the tribal identity is the greater identity. And what has happened is that uh, I think, this is my analysis, of course, again, subject to rebuttal is that uh, for the first time they have felt that the mainstream India cares for them and for that you have to 100% give credit to the Prime Minister who has visited the Northeast about 100 times. And even now you can see the attitude that when they lost these elections so badly and the question was asked to Kharge, and he said, oh, well, these are small states, so it does not matter. Oh, he said that? <laughs> that's big. He said that. He said that. <gasps> so now that sums it up. When you're asking me this question, this answer from Kharge, that sums it up. it up. They don't care. They never cared. Of course, they care for the seats. But then the Northeast plus Sikkim. Actually, Sikkim, I do not consider Sikkim Northeast, basically, because mm -hmm. uh, between Sikkim and... Uh, Assam, uh, there is a stretch of about 100 kilometers of Bengal, mm. North Bengal. Yes, Bengal, yes, correct. So these uh, seven states, the seven sisters, as they are called, and Sikkim, they carry 25 seats. <laughs> now, I put it in perspective. 25 seats means that's equal to Rajasthan, mm. that's equal to Andhra Pradesh, that's almost equal to Gujarat. Gujarat is 26. Very nearly equal to Karnataka, which is 28. And except, except some large states like Tamil Nadu, UP or UP, Bihar, and uh, MP. MP yeah. Come to think of MP is also 29 now, only 29. Mm -hmm. So so that's <laughs> not very different. Correct, correct, correct. So basically, UP, Bihar, which is 40, and West Bengal, which is 42, and Tamil Nadu, which is 39, and Maharashtra, which is 48. If you leave aside these five states, it's it's as big as any other no, state, state in the country. And yet this guy says, oh, they are very small. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with zero. Last time they got, I think, one or two seats in Assam. Mm -hmm. They could very well end up with zero. zero. And this is the reason that you see in Nagaland <laughs> you have a government which is supported by everybody. <laughs> it's an India government. Mm -hmm. They had a they had a pre-poll alliance with BJP. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, even the NCP has supported their few. Okay. Uh, poor uh, Sharad Pawar is trying to <laughs> save his face by saying that we haven't supported BJP. We have supported the, the NDPP. ND, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, see, see, these three are the major Christian states over there. Meghalaya, mm. Nagaland, Nagaland, and Mizoram. 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 Because Manipur has... A, a, a Hindu population. Uh, you said a large Hindu and very influential. The Metes are very, yes. very strong. The Metes uh, as well as... Uh, 
even see there are scenes uh, animists metes and animists together they make up about 70% okay of manipur so that's again is not strictly speaking a christian state or is arunachal so these three are the major christian states and because of its indifference towards them their indifference towards their identity congress has lost out and because he is trying to modi is trying to mainstream them he is uh, uh, investing in infrastructure in those areas just uh, uh, making them feel that they actually yes are not orphans yes. within the indian system there is a connect so the people uh, don't hate modi in these mm. states anymore mm. unlike that is that is that is reserved that is that is still reserved only for tamil nadu yeah no no uh, they they hate him in in uh, the christians in telangana the christians in andhra they all despise him sanjay ji they don't like him yes but they are not christian majority states anyway ha huh. but andhra well it's a well on its way to becoming one i feel considering the way things are going with this guy with no that is highly exaggerated of course is it that is i i blame bjp also because instead of doing the hard rounds they try and scare people into thinking that there's something happening so that they would react that's not the right way <laughs> because otherwise they keep supporting ysr Mm-hmm. they they support them yes but uh, uh, on the other hand there is routinely stories coming out about conversions and you know all kinds of anti hindu activities so anyway it's a little worrying for us because you know we're like emotionally connected to andhra my 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 a lot of i mean my my family is from andhra and uh, all of that so it's a little worrying because also because um, when you go to these parts you see it it's very visible sandeji uh traveling to andhra vijayawada you know recently i was in uh, rajmandri it's it's uh, it's very visible uh, so it's a little worrying <laughs> yes they they make it a point to make it yeah. more visible yes. than what it actually is <laughs> they are very good in narrative building narrative building true Which bjp as i said earlier in the context of punjab mm-hmm. is uh, quite bad mm-hmm. very true Sanjay ji thank you so much i won't keep you i know you keep a very tight schedule and you probably have a show starting sometime soon maybe after lunch uh, so i thank you so much once again for uh, being on our show and uh, we will have you again very soon whenever time permits because i have a feeling that uh, things are just going to get very 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 uh, interesting from you know now on yes until the election elections coming they are bound to <laughs> so we'll have a lot to talk about and analyze so thank you so much sanjay ji Uh, thank you pujita ji thank you very much and uh, please uh, subscribers um, if you haven't subscribed please subscribe to our channel and uh, share like comment and keep coming back thank you so much and namaste please remember to subscribe to us and switch on the notifications for this channel For our other social media links, more content and to support our work, please visit citti.net. Dhanyavaad. Namaskar.